the number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. This is an audio only version of a then and now video. To see the full video, search then and now on YouTube. Enjoy. Hi everyone. I hope you're doing well in these bizarre and unprecedented times. Because of the nature of these times, I thought I'd try something slightly different. I thought over the next couple of weeks, I'd look over my back catalogue uh, from the past month or so, look at the theories and thinkers uh, that I've looked at on then and now, and see if we can apply them to what's going on, the current pandemic, uh, to coronavirus, uh, whether that's socially, politically, culturally, um, see if they can provide any insights. Um, doing this for two reasons. One. I'm obviously uh, stuck inside more, um, so it's a good opportunity to do this. And two, um, I thought it would be an interesting exercise. Um, so let me know what you think in the comments. Two bits of admin very quickly. I've made a podcast version of Then and Now where I've just stripped the audio from the videos. Um, so you know, if you want to listen on your commute, uh, I will leave the links in the description below. Um, and if you're a fan of Then and Now, please, whether you want to listen or not, go and subscribe, go and rate, go and review. It will really help Then and Now in the rankings. Uh, that would be a huge help. Similarly to help in the rankings, um, one of the biggest things you can do if you've subscribed is to go and click that bell as well underneath. Um, only 5-6% of people, I think, click the bell. Um, so, you know, it's not enough these days just to subscribe, it will get lost in all the other subscriptions. Um, so, you know, if you want a notification or you want to help the channel out, uh, please press that bell. Right, these are going to be short videos, so I will get straight in. I'm going to start with George Lakoff and Mark Johnson's Metaphors We Live By, which I covered uh, around a month ago. I'm not going to recapitulate the entire video here. Only to say um, that for Lakoff and Johnson, metaphor isn't simply poetic. You know, it isn't a flourish of language. Uh, it isn't purely aesthetic. Um, it is much more than that. It's a fundamental part of our mind's conceptual system. Um, we borrow meaning from one thing in the world 
to help explain something else. Um, they write that the essence of metaphor is understanding and experiencing one kind of thing in terms of another. Often uh, this might be a physical thing used to confer meaning onto an abstract thing that's much more harder to imagine or to uh, uh, conceptualize or to um, to converse uh, with someone about without having some kind of shared interpretation of it. They go on, the concepts that govern our thoughts are not just the matters of the intellect. They also govern our everyday functioning, down to the most mundane, mundane details. Our concepts structure what we perceive, how we get around in the world, and how we relate to other people. Furthermore, our conceptual system is largely metaphorical. So, concepts structure how we perceive the world. Um, if we use a certain metaphor, it means we're more likely to perceive the world in a certain way that's structured by that metaphor. Um, how we get around in the world, similarly, we are literally more likely to take a different route, to think in a different way, to address a problem in a different way, depending on the metaphor we use. Um, and how we relate to other people. Um, the metaphor we use will either illuminate or hide certain possibilities in conversation, depending on the metaphor. So their big example, I mean, this is just to cover very quickly what we've gone over in the video. Their big example um, is argument is war. Um, often argument is described metaphorically in terms of war. For example, people often say things like, your claims are indefensible, there's a weak point in your argument, his criticisms are on target, she shot down and destroyed my arguments, he attacked my argument. So, you know, in reference to the quote above, you can see how thinking of an argument in terms of war might magnify certain possibilities. Um, it's much more confrontational. Sometimes an argument might better be thought of as a debate with a possible shared outcome, something a lot calmer. So using the war metaphor, um, we're much more likely to think of arguing in a certain way. So let's look now at how Lakoff and Johnson might help us in uh, this time of pandemic. And first of all, one of the things I want to emphasize is that for the vast majority of us, this virus is experienced not directly, unless you are unfortunately unwell with it or have some kind of direct experience with it, um, in which case it is felt somatically, uh, bodily. Um, but instead, for the vast majority, majority of us, it's experienced socially. Um, the experience of it is dependent on how it's discussed on the news, how our leaders approach it, and the different conversations we have with friends. And all of these affected by, are affected by certain social and cultural norms. And we can see this most obviously as a postmodern point as it is through the differences in uh, the way different leaders talk about it. I've noticed the vast cultural differences between uh, how, for example, Johnson, Trump and Macron discuss it, even though culturally they are much closer together than, say, 
um, you know, China and America. Um, so the differences are there, and the differences have a huge effect on how we all think about it. And so the metaphors that are used, of course, have a direct impact on the possibilities. Some things are magnified, others are hidden in how we are um, um, likely to deal with this problem. So there's a great blog post on the University of Nottingham blog by Bridget Nearlick called Metaphors in the Time of Coronavirus. Excuse me. Um, and, and she goes through and describes a lot of the metaphors that have been used um, mainly through the media. Um, you know, the first and most obvious is the war on Corona, um, that it's something we have to fight uh, or defend against. Um, and I hope already from the argument is war metaphor, we can see that this has its limitations, um, especially when it's something that cannot be attacked. You know, coronavirus is not something we have any agency over um, combating in a physical sense. Um, for most of us, it's a very passive thing. In fact, it's almost the opposite. It's something we have to hide from. You know, it's more a horror film than a war film. Um, and so I think a good example of how metaphors can lead to action is there was a video of a woman in a market in, a market in London um, about a week ago. And when the presenter asked her why uh, she was still out, she said, oh, well, you can't give in to these things, can you? Um, and it's that kind of Dunkirk spirit that we can attack these things head on and we have to go about as normal uh, defiantly. Um, obviously, there's a very obvious uh, limitation with the war metaphor there. Um, similarly, there was a headline in The Sun that said there was an army of NHS workers on standby. Um, arguably, uh, the war metaphor might be more useful when we're talking about doctors and nurses who literally have the tools to fight it and are on the front line. Um, but again, it's arguable whether that is the best metaphor to use. Other metaphors used include the flood metaphor, a tsunami. Um, we have to stem the tide um, to flatten the curve. Um, and I think this is better, you know, it, it emphasizes the fact that we're passive and that we do have to isolate. You know, this is the kind of message you have to get across, not that we can be defiant and, and get through this by carrying on as normal. Um, so, you know, the water, the flood, the tsunami metaphor, um, I think is good, but again, it doesn't emphasize our ability to spread it. It, it, it kind of, um, you know, it draws a picture of us being flooded by something, something spreading, but that we could just all either bunker down from together or rin it together, or, you know, we have to... Uh, find a way of being, uh, of living above the flood. Um, but you need an ingredient in the metaphor that emphasizes how we all have the ability to be part of the flood, you know. We would be a wave. We, we could turn into a wave if we catch it and flood it onto other people. So again, I think it's a good metaphor, but there's something missing there. Uh, the governor of U New York, Andrew Cuomo, uh, describes the, uh, the contagion as a domino effect um, that in the shape of a tree, I think he said. 
you know, one flick can send more and more uh, infections out in many different directions. Again, much better, I think, if you could combine the flood and the domino metaphor uh, in some way. But it's difficult, you know. I, I've been racking my brains and I can't think of any perfect metaphor that could be used to describe it. Um, we could try and include language about sheltering and hiding, spreading and starving, um, whilst obviously removing the idea that we can all attack it and then we have to go on as normal. I thought there may be room for some kind of metaphor of a moat that we can all, um, each an individual moat that we each have to build around ourselves. Um, there is some sense that we have to protect ourselves with umbrellas in some way. Um, but I think some combination of the tsunami and the domino metaphor um, is the most useful one that I've seen. But if you've seen any better or you can think of any better, um, please let me know in the comments. Um, there was one study that really illustrates uh, uh, all of this and how useful thinking like this is and how important thinking about metaphor is for communicators, for speech writers, for leaders, all the rest of it. Um, and I mentioned this study in the video, actually. It's the, um, the study that had two, um, two descriptions of a crime wave, a fictional crime wave, two newspaper reports. They were exactly the same, apart from one described the crime wave as a beast, and the other described the crime wave as a virus. And then they asked the participants questions afterwards, and when it was described as a beast, 71% uh, agreed that more uh, uh, strict police enforcement was needed. When it was described as a virus, only 54% agreed with that. So, you know, you can see that language has a huge effect on how we experience and deal with problems and how this sometimes very abstract philosophy, things like uh, metaphor studies, can have a very real world effect and can be very practical and useful. So I'll leave it there for today. Please, uh, again, comment if you can think of any better examples uh, and like, and remember to go and review and rate that podcast and hit that bell. I'll be back in the next day or two with another video. I'll see you then. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.